Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 13 of Quick Cuts of Plastic Surgery Podcast. On today's episode, we discuss pressure ulcers, so let's get started. Pressure ulcers, sometimes referred to as pressure sores or decubitus ulcers, result when pressure and or shearing force is applied to soft tissues for a prolonged period of time, causing ischemia in the tissues. This typically occurs in locations over bony prominences, with common sites including the ischial tuberosity, greater trochanter, sacrum, heel, scalp, elbow, and scapula. We'll talk next about the evaluation and management of the pressure ulcer patient. In taking a history, you should evaluate for risk factors that predispose to pressure ulcer development. These include medical comorbidities that may predispose to poor wound healing, such as diabetes, vascular disease, and smoking. They also include conditions that impair mobility and sensation, such as spinal cord injuries, altered mental status, and neurologic disorders. Along these lines, you should document the patient's overall mobility and ambulatory status. For patients with muscle spasms, it's important to document how these are being controlled. Additional risk factors for pressure ulcer development include moisture and poor skin hygiene. For this reason, it's important to document the patient's skincare regimen as well as the presence of any uncontrolled urinary or fecal incontinence. Specific to the patient's ulcer, there's often an inciting event for its development, which may include acute illness or trauma that altered a patient's mobility and or mental status. You should determine how long the ulcer's been present, how it's changed over time, and the presence of any associated infections. A final important component of the patient's history is whether or not the patient has an available support network to assist with wound care and postoperative recovery if surgery is indicated. On physical exam, you should document the location and depth of the ulcer and evaluate sensation. You should have a consistent system for describing the ulcer. The most widely used classification system was developed by the National Pressure Ulcer Advisory Panel. Stage 1 ulcers are characterized by intact skin and non-blanching erythema. Stage 2 ulcers are shallow, involving only partial thickness loss of dermis. Stage 3 ulcers include full thickness loss of skin down to subcutaneous tissue, without exposure of bone, tendon, or muscle. Stage 4 involves exposure of bone, tendon, or muscle. In cases where the depth of the ulcer is obscured by either eschar or slough, the ulcer is classified as unstageable. The treatment of pressure ulcers is dependent on depth and stage of the ulcer. Stage 1 and 2 ulcers can generally be managed non-operatively, while stage 3 and 4 will often require surgical debridement and possibly reconstruction. There are several non-surgical measures that should be used in both the treatment of existing pressure ulcers as well as the prevention of ulcers in at-risk patients. The first of these is pressure offloading, which can be accomplished with frequent repositioning and specialized mattresses and wheelchair cushions. Other non-operative interventions include localized wound cares, the medical control of any spasms, and nutritional optimization. The surgical treatment of appropriately selected pressure ulcers should include complete debridement of all devitalized tissue, bursa, and heterotopic ossification associated with the wound. Exposed or infected bone should be debrided as well. Deep bone cultures can also be taken at the time of surgery to help guide selection of postoperative antibiotic therapy if required. It's important to understand that reconstruction of pressure ulcers should only be performed after the wound is stable, has been cleared of infection, and has been optimized using the previously discussed measures. Reconstructing a worsening ulcer will generally lead to reconstructive failure. Reconstruction is generally performed using large fasciocutaneous or myocutaneous flaps. 
Although a comprehensive discussion of flap options for individual pressure ulcers is beyond the scope of today's podcast, there are some general principles that can help improve reconstructive outcomes. These include designing large flaps that can be readvanced if needed. Postoperative care generally involves the same principles as ulcer prevention. Again, this includes the use of pressure-relieving mattresses and repositioning, avoidance of shear and friction, moisture control, bowel and bladder management, spasm control, and nutritional optimization. Complications of pressure ulcer reconstruction include hematoma, seroma, infection, dehiscence, and ulcer recurrence. And that ends our discussion on pressure ulcers. For additional written and visual resources on the topic, as well as my entire audio library, you can check out theplasticsfella.com. Be sure to also subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss new episodes. For questions, suggestions, or feedback, you can reach me at jakemarksmd at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at jakemarksmd. Thanks for listening. See you next time.